Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I'm headed on a trip to Aruba, so I had to go on a huge shopping spree for all new summer clothes, so I know that's exactly how I would use the money I got from Earn In. So make Earn In a part of your financial routine and join Earn In's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earn In, I think about financial stability, security, it gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in For The Girls under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. For The Girls under podcast. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. A few years ago, I got the idea that I wanted my own brand for women to sell women's clothing and lingerie, but I had no idea where to get started. But then I found Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. One of the biggest obstacles for a first-time shop owner like me is having no e-commerce experience, but Shopify simplified everything so much that the site has become the least of my worries. From the graphic design aspect to making customer service super easy on my end, there's nothing you can't do. They give you everything you need to take control of your business, even as a beginner. Sign up now for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash for the girls, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash for the girls now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash for the girls. Settling is not an option for Everything me. I desire is already mine. What if you can have it all? <laughs> because every day is for the girls. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of For the Girls. I'm your host, Victoria Alario. And today we have a fun interview with Carrie Burke, the author of My Real Life Rom-Com, which is a book on how to build confidence and write your own relationship rules. Carrie talks about dating as a teen and into her young 20s, her fun experiences, what she's learned, how to overcome heartbreak, healing yourself and prioritizing self-love, and everything in between. So of course, she was the perfect fit for, for the girls. But most importantly, she shares how this journey helped her anxiety and mental health during the hardest of times. So it's a lot of fun and entertaining, but it gets really deep too. And you girls may have even come across Carrie on your For You page because she's got almost... 4 million followers on TikTok. She has a huge following across social media, but Carrie is definitely not your average influencer. This conversation was, like I said, so much fun. She brings a youthful energy to the show, and I definitely think the young girls will love hearing her take on dating and her experiences. 
But I also noticed that she has an old soul and she is wise beyond her years. So I think everyone will be able to resonate. So let's not waste any more time. Without further ado, let's get into the interview. Okay, everyone. Welcome, Carrie. I'm so excited to have you on For the Girls. Introduce yourself to the girls. Hi. So my name is Carrie Burke. I'm 20 years old. I'm an influencer, content creator, and writer slash author. So I actually just came out with my solo debut book, my real life rom-com, which is a big part of the reason why we're here today. And I'm so excited to talk more about it with you guys. I'm so excited. I mean, you're 20. I, I think I probably knew that you were 20, but I, I don't know why. Like sometimes I think of myself as being still like 24, <laughs> 25. So I yeah. feel like, yeah, we're, we're like, you know, just girls in our 20s. But now hearing it, I'm like, wait, you're so young. Oh my God. I can't believe how many like dating scenarios you already have by such a young age uh, sometimes I can't believe it either honestly <laughs> I look back on it and it feels like I've lived like a whole life already but I know like there's so much to come <laughs> okay so getting into this my real life rom-com this is your book now this is part memoir part relationship guide so what really inspired you to write this book well to write a book in general and then more specifically this book did you always were you always into wanting to potentially be a writer um and how did this one in particular come to be so I had always been a writer I wrote children's books with my mom when I was younger so being a writer has always been my dream I never planned on writing a solo book by myself. What I'm really into right now is journalism. That's kind of end game for me. So I wasn't really thinking about writing a memoir type book. I think over the pandemic, I kind of fell into it naturally. I just started writing down all of these experiences that I've gone through because the pandemic felt like it was going on forever. And I was worried about losing my memories, especially those related to love and dating and the lessons that I learned from that. So I just started writing it down almost as a form of self-therapy to help me out personally. And it turned into something so much greater. I realized that all these little things that I had written down that were almost like a series of personal essays came together to form this book. And I realized it was so much greater than me. There are really no people out there. When I wrote this, I was a teenager. There are no teenagers writing for teenagers and writing for girls in their 20s that are going through love and dating. All the dating guides out there are written by middle-aged women. So I wanted to be someone who could level with them, who could relate to them, and also just not to tell them what to do. That's why I hesitate to say this is a dating guide because it's not really about the rules for dating and how you should date, who you should date. Like there are little advice boxes sprinkled in there, but I really just wanted to make this a fun read where you can read about my experiences in love, enjoy what you're reading, see how vulnerable I'm being and hopefully relate to some of those emotional experiences in love and just be able to take what you will from it. Yeah. I mean, that I get exactly what you're saying. A lot of the relationship guides as well, not only like, would they be from people who are older and maybe just age-wise young girls can't relate, but they're from, a, they were dating in a different time, in a different era. Yeah. 
So like you're dating now, but these women for the most part are married for like 20 years. So like whatever happened in like the nineties and the early two thousands, like that's just not the way of life now. And that's just not how dating works now. It's a completely different ball game out there. I would love Mm -hmm. to see if some of them were dating now, how they would handle it. Exactly. Um, Yeah, I completely get what you're saying. So then tell me, like you said, it's your experiences and whatnot. So what was dating like for you? Or yeah, I mean, just like these stories that you went through leading up to the book, do you have like, weird experiences or crazy experiences? What generally has that been like for you? Definitely weird and crazy experiences. I have a whole book of them. So definitely lots of those. Yeah, I think dating for me as a teenager was very unique because I have all these things going for me that are kind of out of the ordinary. I live in New York City. I'm kind of living that Carrie Bradshaw life. I'm an influencer with a following, which makes dating unique because every single guy I had to date, I had to explain why I have you know a million followers on Instagram. So that was <laughs> unique. Uh, and just... In general, like me aside, my generation, our generation is living in such an odd time to be dating. We use dating apps so much more than other people used to. And it's just we're living in a digital age. And like the reality is so many people meet each other online these days. So I think with all of that in mind, I have some really funny, unique experiences I think without giving away too much on the influencer front, I had this crazy experience where I was on a date with a guy from my school, like a normal guy per se, that I'm sick of dating influencers. I was like, yes, I got a normal guy. And I was on the date with him and he asked me for Addison Rae, like the biggest TikToker ever, her phone number. So it was just like, what? You're on a date with me. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. No, that is so, uh, that would give me the ick so bad. So speaking of, you know, crazy experiences and weird ones, like the Addison Ray phone number seeker, um, what, I'm sure that you have some great experiences in there as well. So what was your favorite part, I guess, about revisiting these experiences and, you know, having to live through them? in the present time and then Mm -hmm. writing a book and referring back to them from the past. I love that question. I've actually never gotten that question. It was really hard, I think, to relive those experiences. It was important because I think it gave me a lot of closure with certain situations, but it was really hard. I think especially when I read the book in full for the first time, like it was just an emotional journey not because I was particularly attached to any of the guys, but because a lot of these chapters I had written in the moment after a breakup. And I pride myself on being like super specific with how my emotions are being represented at the time. So like, for example, in the book, I talk about my first love and the moment like I found out he was breaking up with me. And you see so many things out there in dating guides about heartbreak that say like, I don't know, get over your first heartbreak by like eating a tube of ice cream in bed or something like that, which is just so far from reality. Like I wanted to show like when you get your heart broken, 
what does it really feel like in your fingers and your toes and you know when it takes your breath away and it feels like a form of grief almost so things like that I think were super important to depict that's definitely my favorite part of the book are those vulnerable moments that I feel like are like the hidden gems that aren't really out there right now but also the most difficult part I think for me to relive is just stepping into those moments of emotion were there moments that like really hurt you or got you down that you know maybe you got over but then looking back at it you're like wait like that actually really kind of sucked a lot of it yeah (laughs) I think I just uh, that moment when I was writing the book that was the first chapter I wrote of the book was the first love. I wrote it when I was 16, the day of my breakup without knowing it would turn into a book actually. So I just wrote it because I was upset and I wanted to write my way out and I just put it away and I didn't look at it until after or during the pandemic. So that one just really like struck close to home because it was so specific. And as I was reading it, I could close my eyes and I could feel what it felt like because it was so specific because I wrote it hours after it actually happened. So that was a big one, I think. Oh, that's actually huge. That I think that in general is like almost like a word of wisdom for girls to who are going through these sort of things. Like try to, whether it be journal, because not everyone is necessarily a writer, but I think I always preach about journaling and I know even yeah. just writing amateur is still journal. I think trying to write about things as you feel them is probably really like therapeutic. Right. Um, because it, I, I could imagine it being hard to give such specific detail on your feelings and emotions months later or weeks later, you know, maybe you could still like think of how it felt. But in that moment, hours after going through a breakup, like, you know what that feels like. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around the weight of different stressors in life. And no matter how big or small, when we keep them bottled up, it could start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's not just for those who've experienced major trauma. Therapy can even be there to just empower you to be the best version of yourself, or to also help you practice setting and enforcing boundaries too. So if you've been thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, And you can even switch therapists if need be at any time for no additional charge. Therapy has never been made so easy before. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash for the girls today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash for the girls. We're all girls here, so I think it's safe to say we all agree that we mostly look forward to going home every day simply so we could take our bras off. We wear bras because we have to, not because we want to. But today's sponsor, Honey Love, just might be the thing that changes that for you. Say goodbye to underwire and bulky fabrics that make you sweat. Honey Love has started a revolution of bras you actually want to wear. Their bras feature supportive bonding that eliminates the need for underwire altogether without sacrificing lift. 
Plus, they're made with fabric that's so soft, it'll feel like a second skin and you'll forget you're even wearing it. For a limited time, only you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash for the girls. Support my show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash for the girls. I personally started wearing Honey Love over the summer and was in shock of how comfortable I felt in their bra and shapewear. I'm a huge shapewear girly, especially for special occasions like a wedding to wear under a dress. And sometimes they're just so uncomfortable, too tight. They roll down, they roll up and end up becoming more of a burden than anything else. But I felt so confident wearing Honey Love. It was a totally new experience for me. And now I swear by them. So treat yourself to the best bras on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash for the girls. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off. That's honeylove.com slash for the girls. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support my show and tell them I sent you. Treat yourself to Honey Love because you deserve it. Yeah, I think some people, it might feel too painful to write it down in the moment. For me though, it's so healing. Like I think about so many moments of my life. My grandma passed away in March. The first thing I did after she died, like 10 minutes later, was I ran to my computer and I wrote her eulogy. So things like that. I mean, it's just my way of processing my emotions, getting it out there. And it tends to turn into really beautiful writing if it's in the moment. There's one particular example that I want to mention from the book. So the last chapter of my book, I actually dedicate to like self-love. So instead of being about a boy, I talk about like myself, I guess. And like I dedicate it to myself and I talk about like my journey with anxiety and how that plays into the way that I look at love and relationships. So for that chapter, I actually couldn't write it in the moment because it was too painful because I thought I didn't understand what I was going through. And I thought I had to be an expert in order to write about it. So for that chapter, it took me six months before I could start writing about it. And that that was a unique case. Like most of these chapters were written in the moment, but that one, it kind of made the book linger a bit longer, the book writing process, because I didn't know how to finish my book because I was going through this whole anxiety mess. And then one day it just hit me, like, you don't need to be an expert on this. So many girls reading this book need to hear your authentic experience. Like you've been so vulnerable, this whole book about guys, be vulnerable about what's going on with yourself and how that affects the way you see guys, and the way you see love. Wow. Good. Okay. So you said a lot of things there that I have a lot of questions on. So I'm excited for it. Right. That I'm excited to break it all down. So I want to back up to that heartbreak Aside from the writing and the journaling and all that. What would be your, your true whether it be best advice for getting over heartbreak or like your foolproof system that you might have for getting over heartbreak? I think just the first thing that comes to mind is just to feel all your emotions and don't push them away. We look at girls showing emotion as weak or if we're like crying, people are like, oh my God, like you're crazy. Like, why aren't you over this person? So I think just feel all the emotions Give yourself time. If emotions come up in a year, it's normal. I mean, it doesn't mean you're attached to the guy anymore or that you want to be with him anymore. It just means you're human and you were broken and it takes heart for it takes time for a broken heart to repair. 
So I think the biggest factors are just feeling all the feels, giving yourself time, and the one cliche I will give you that works is just surrounding yourself with people who make you feel good and who lift you up and things that lift you up. I have my Peloton in the background. Like <laughs> exercise is a big thing for me. So those are my my three main tips. And a little bit of ice cream if that helps too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe they weren't that wrong about the ice cream, but I, I, I guess <laughs> not, it's not exactly the full solution, but it definitely helps, I would say. And then, you know, you mentioned as well about the changes of, you know, how you view love and whatnot. So how has your perspective on love changed since, I guess, writing this book or starting this book per se? Where are you at now? I think when I wrote this book, I thought that love was, I thought that a rom-com, I guess, when I first started this book, I thought like a rom-com was reality. I was chasing this fantasy romance and that was all I wanted. So I would get disappointed over and over and over and over and over again. And like I say in the book, there's nothing wrong with chasing that fantasy, that love you deserve. And setting your expectations high because you deserve it. But I think something that I've also realized now, you know, having a boyfriend in a relationship is that it's really about the balance. If love isn't all about those highs, I think the relationship deepens when you're at those lows. And when a guy sees you at your lowest, I mean, in the book, I had a lot of like good, what I thought were good experiences, but none of these guys were really relationship potential because they wouldn't get to know me for me. They wouldn't get to know those darker parts of me, the parts of me that aren't so pretty. So I think I recognize that I'm looking for that in the book, but I never really found it or understood it was possible until I turned in my book and until I found a guy who actually makes an effort to a get to know me beyond my social media and b like has seen me in my low state in an anxious state and still sees me and I think that's really rare yeah well I think of it as like vulnerability is intimacy I think Mm -hmm. can't there people see intimacy as say sexual or in privacy and things of that sort but it's not it's not necessarily about the physicalness of it I think intimacy is about really how vulnerable you can get how deep you can go and how how you too would really like power through or overcome those low points that like you talk about I think ultimately you really don't know someone until you go through those low points together because you could know someone on their best days you could know someone on the highs but there's nothing like say being with that person as they go through a loss how you mentioned the yeah. loss of your grandmother um or you know when they have struggles even if it's like financial struggles family struggles friend struggles like seeing you know facing adversity with that person and being mm-hmm. so vulnerable that you are crying or complaining or just really like going through it mentally that you and that person can actually have true intimacy I think I would say that's like 
that's everything. And I think if you're constantly dating that feels surface level, like just where do you want to go? How are you doing? How was your day? How's work? It's, it's like, what, come on, like, when are we going to start to scratch the surface? I mean, similar situation. I have a boyfriend now after years of, of dating and, you know, like short-term things or quick things, a little bit of dating apps here and there. And to Mm -hmm. me, there's just like nothing more boring or uninteresting than surface level dynamics of just like, you know, talking about work. I mean, I don't want to talk about work all the time. (laughs) Like I know for some people, they might see the social media stuff uh, as so interesting that it's kind of like something that they like they always want to ask you yeah but it's like if, if my job was to be an accountant you're not going to just talk about that all right. day right like no one wants to just talk about their job all day let's actually get to know each other outside of that um mm-hmm. so I think on one end it's flattering but on the other end it's like dude, this is a job. Like, I, I don't want to talk about how I have so many followers every day, right? Yeah. Um, when people ask me, like, I love getting asked, like, sometimes about, like, burnout. Like, are you okay? Like, yeah. you have this following, like, it's exhausting. Are you okay? Yeah. Like, we, I think the notion of, like, conflict or, like, anything being wrong is seen as, like, bad in a relationship a lot which is anything but the truth like I look back at my first love and we didn't have one disagreement or like I never made him upset he never made me upset there's no like tension ever and that's something that is so wrong (laughs) because when you have those moments where you disagree over something or you know, the other person brings something up that might be uncomfortable for you to talk about. Those are the moments where you really grow and you see if this person is going to stick through it with you. Because if they do, if you guys make it through a disagreement, if you make it through an uncomfortable conversation, then that's how you know your relationship is lasting power. Instead of waiting a year for something like really to blow up. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. It's funny that you say that about like, you know, we were in this relationship and we weren't fighting every day. Like we weren't having these problems all the time. So not to say that fighting every day is healthy, but the point is, is like, you can have arguments, you can fight, you can disagree. Exactly. It's actually so funny. This is like so so out of left field, but yeah, rewatching Full House for some reason. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like in the very early seasons where Jesse and Aunt Becky, well, Becky, whatever, yes. start dating. And in the, I like, I don't remember it obviously because I watched so long ago, but they like fought all the time. They were complete different personalities. Like he was so obsessed with like rock and clubs and Elvis and all that. And she's like into the horses and like girly stuff. And they never wanted to do what the other one does. And they're like always fighting. And then they like break up for a day, whatever. They get back together. She's in the house. And then they're fighting about how they fight. And they're like, no, you start the fights. No, you start. And they're like fighting about it. And then whatever they obviously it's it's that type of show where they have like the ha- the conclusion and it's like wait now we're fighting about how we fight why don't instead of us fighting why don't we just listen to each other and blah blah, blah. and they exactly. have this little, and it's like see now that they're they're constantly disagreeing they're different but the the maturity and the healthy way of overcoming it exactly. I mean again it's Full House but I, literally that was the episode it's on true. that night. 
And I actually recorded the scene because it was so cute. And they were saying, she was saying like, you don't have to come with me to the horse riding unless you really want to. And he was like, okay, you don't have to come with me to the club unless you really want to. And then of course it ends with them being like, but I'm going to come anyway, because I just want to be with you. Like, even though I don't want to be there, I just want to be with you. Uh, meanwhile, the whole time they were fighting over not wanting to do each other's Exactly. <laughs> you mentioned something really important. Fighting is healthy as long as you go about it in like a mature manner and you listen to each other and are respectful and you let the other person talk and you don't talk over each other. It takes a mature person who has, you know, another mature person as their counterpart to do so. Mm-hmm. So I look back at my book and I'm like, I don't think any of these guys could have done that. <laughs> and you know what? Like ultimately, just in general, for girls listening, like what does it mean? Does it have to mean that people that they're bad guys? No, it means that they're not your guy. It means that you know what you're looking for. Right. And and I'm sure as well with your, you know, when I asked you how your perspective on love has changed, I'm sure mm-hmm. also your perspective on dating in general, like more vetting like less spending time on people that you haven't vetted out like completely. And I think, you know, so many girls, because I talk so much about dating, they Mm -hmm. send me messages about like, they're like beyond terrible dates. And maybe at a young age, you kind of just go through it because you don't really know any better. Like, like you said, teenage years and whatnot. Um, But as you're getting into your twenties and you're looking to truly settle down, you know, it's so important that you can start to identify like, maybe there's nothing even wrong with this guy. He's just not for me. I know what I'm looking for. I know I need a deep soul connection. I know I need, you know, a mature, emotionally mature, personality mature kind of guy. And like these, these ones are just not for me. So let me just not even waste my time. Right. I think after writing this book, I had such a strong sense of the type of guy that I wanted and that I knew I deserved I was just so used to like asshole upon asshole that like I thought that was that was like what I was destined for almost but in that last chapter when I really like have that kind of self-worth epiphany I realized what I deserved so I turned in my manuscript for the book and I was like I think I'm actually ready to date like yes I've been dating but I think I'm actually ready and I'm not gonna waste my time anymore like I am ready And it's no coincidence, I literally met my boyfriend a month after I turned in my book. So when you know yourself and the type of person you are and the type of love you want, and you're not taking any of the bullshit, like that's when you're going to attract that good energy and that mature energy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So now speaking about knowing yourself and that last chapter and whatnot, um, I know that you talk about how important it is to build confidence and to really nurture yourself with that Mm self-love and really have a strong relationship of knowing and understanding yourself. So what are some practices that you followed to really boost these? And are there any specific lessons that you learned when it comes to that self-love? Sure. So In terms of self-love, I think similarly to what I said about heartbreak, just feeling whatever you need to feel. If you're having a day when you're feeling insecure about something, it's normal. Just kind of acknowledge it, like look in the mirror, feel all the feels, but don't look too long. Like feel it and then step away and go, okay, what can I do to shift my energy? towards something else like you're not necessarily getting rid of that anxious negative energy you're shifting it elsewhere towards something for good so using that energy and 
directing it into something you're passionate about. So journaling, you mentioned earlier, could be a good outlet for that. Exercise is a really good outlet to let out that negative energy. So it's about instead of like getting rid of what's making you feel shitty, like taking the energy and bringing it elsewhere and knowing that if it revisits you later, that's okay too. And it's normal. And kind of everyone is going through something like, even though they don't really say it, a lot of people don't speak out about it, which is why I speak out about it. But I think that's, that's my main thing. Just letting yourself feel and focusing on something you're passionate about, especially in those moments when you feel low. Yeah. And like you said, you got your Peloton behind you. So I'm sure that that's helped you. <laughs> There's yeah. some stuff. Um, I'm, I'm a walking ad for Peloton at this point. It's ridiculous. I actually have never used it, but I am, I do your, first of all, it being behind you is, is already selling me, but I do want to <laughs> try it because I see all the freaking videos like on TikTok of the like instructors yes. and I'm like, okay, I need some of that energy in my life. I love them. Um, and then lastly, going back into the mental health aspect, you mentioned anxiety and whatnot. So I know that this is all an important factor in this book as well. So I saw a news article quote by you that said, I hated myself as a teen girl and a diagnosis helped me understand why. And so then you go on to spark an important conversation about anxiety, which was causing that like self-hatred. So what was that journey like for you? And how would you say it's going up into today? Yeah. So without giving away too much of the book, I do talk a lot about when I experienced anxiety for the first time and what that felt like and the confusion surrounding it. So there are people out there who talk about anxiety. They say, you know, go to therapy and all that stuff. And, you know, people are being more open about it like they used to. And it's great. We're all like going to therapy now. Like I'm a huge advocate for therapy. I go to therapy. But like, why? Why are we going to therapy? Why are we anxious? What type of diagnosis do we have? Instead of like reading medical journals, like let's talk about it. Let's talk about what it actually feels like to have anxiety at you know, any age really, like, what does it, again, what does it feel like in your fingers and toes? And, you know, when you're, when you wake up in the morning and you're shaking and your heart is beating, like those specifics, I feel like if I had read something like that, when I was going through it for the first time and I was able to relate, it would have been extremely helpful. So that was, that was extremely important for me to put in the book along with the dating stuff, because it, I mean, it's important. It's a part of who I am. Like, yes, I was dating through this time in my life, but at the same time I was going through anxiety for the first time. And I was almost like pushing it aside on my dating experiences when I was 18 plus, I guess. So I think just like I mentioned, like realizing that anxiety is a part of who I am at the end of the book, I get to this realization that anxiety is a part of who I am. It's not going to go away. Like I have to stop looking for a light switch to turn one day, but it's really about finding a way to cope with it and taking that a step further in the dating world, finding someone else who is able to help you cope with it and not run away when things get hard. So in terms of how it's going now, I think that's the perfect answer for it. Like it's not gone. It's never going to be gone. And that was such a big point in my 
anxiety journey, just realizing that it wasn't going to go away and to stop searching for that one day where I was going to wake up in the morning and all of a sudden I wasn't going to be anxious anymore. Like when I stopped looking for a solution, that's when I actually started to find the solution, which was living my life and recognizing how beautiful life was and saying, yes, my anxiety can exist, but I'm going to choose to focus elsewhere. And sometimes my anxiety is going to be triggered and it's going to be brought out by certain things, but that's okay because I've gone through it for three years now. And I know that I can live with it and it doesn't burden me as much as it used to. Yeah. I love the point that you made as well about like the importance of your partner being someone who can help you through it. I mean, that's what the whole word partner means, right? Like your, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your wife, your fiance, husband, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, But ultimately any of those categories like that whatever stage they're in they're always supposed to be your partner you know from the boyfriend stage to the husband stage they're your partner in life your life partner so I think going through those things with you and like being supportive with you and just having your back rather than using it against you um, right or as like you know I, I can think of so many toxic relationships where they use things like that against their partner and that's right you know um so I also love how important it is to note that there's really no solution for making it go away it's Mm -hmm. learning how to live with it and I think a lot of people are very hard on themselves because I do talk so much about confidence and you know loving yourself and whatnot on for the girls that Mm -hmm. you know I don't get too 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 much into the actual mental health aspect like anxiety whatnot because I'm not a therapist and I never want to like give you know wrong (laughs) advice but when it comes to things like that I think a lot of girls are hard on themselves because they just want to be so confident they just want to love themselves and they're looking for this way to like stop to stop having anxiety to stop Mm -hmm. having depression I mean true just mental health battles that really don't have an off button or a switch, as you said. Right. I think it can still be confidence and self-love to sit here and say, I'm always going to have this. I'm always going to have to deal with this. So how do I now find practices Mm -hmm. to allow myself to live with it instead of stress myself out or to get hard on myself about how do I get rid of this? How it's, it's, it's not, it's, we can't, our brain is too powerful. We can't, like Mm -hmm. work our brain like we we can't change that so right um yeah I think that's really important to know and Um, I think like I'm I'm not a therapist either and that's why I was like so scared of writing about it at first but people don't really need more medical journals out there like they they need someone talking about their real authentic experiences like that's what's really lacking in the world right now like you don't need to be an expert you're an expert on yourself and that's what's most important because you're trying to in trying to be vulnerable you can connect to a lot of people you don't have to be an expert on anxiety OCD you're an expert on yourself and you know how you're feeling and that can really connect with other people yeah oh my god I preach that all the time you are the only person who is an expert in your life literally no therapist no doctor nobody will ever be an expert on your life they may be an expert on anxiety generally they may be an expert on depression generally 
but not on you and your life. That's in the hands of you. So I love that you just brought up that point because it is so valid and so true. So now to really tie it all in, I just want, we got your best advice on getting over heartbreak, but I would like for you to share with the girls one last piece of advice on the opposite, on the dating aspect. Now that you have your boyfriend, like is there any little tips or tricks or words of wisdom that you can leave the girls with? Be yourself. Don't be afraid to be yourself. Make mistakes. You know, if you're dating someone, you're you guys are a team. If you're you're getting through it together. If you find the right person, you guys are going through it together. And you know, don't be afraid to make mistakes as long as you're yourself and the other person accepts that, then it'll be worth it. And that might be hard to find. It might take time, but as long as you're unapologetically yourself. I promise you will attract that mature, positive energy. Mm -hmm. You, everything that you receive in life is your mirror. So what you put out, you get back. And, you know, we, we might not always have the rhyme or reason. We might, we might not always understand why we are receiving the things that we do, but that's exactly it. Put, put forth, you know, that true authentic energy, be who you are unapologetically and watch what you receive Mm -hmm. in return. So I love that. Carrie, what is next for you in this crazy world that you have going on? So obviously the book comes out tomorrow. So that's going to be huge. You can pre-order it right now, but it's officially out tomorrow. And I had this like hidden, not so hidden dream that my book one day turns into a television series, kind of like a Gen Z sex in the city. So Hopefully, like, fingers crossed. We'll see what happens. Putting all the energy out there. Wait. Oh, my God. I just got, like, such a flashback of the Carrie Diaries. Yeah. Did you watch the Carrie Diaries? Of course. So I was named after Carrie Bradshaw. I don't know if I mentioned. Okay. Okay. It's, like, in my blood, basically. Oh, my God. So it's that's, like, your alter ego. Like, you're totally. And you don't even have to change the name. Your alter ego is literally you. So that's so funny. Because yeah. the Carrie Diaries way back when, I mean, with Anna Sophia Robb, like, right. and I think it was like Austin Butler, maybe I forget. It yeah. was so long ago. I feel like that's so this like that. I could so see it. Okay. I'm here yeah. for the television show. What else you got? I'm just like finishing up college, being a normal girl and like finishing up college. I think it's big. I graduated in the spring and yeah. then kind of just jump in into the world of journalism, hopefully getting a job at a magazine or a publication, newspaper. I'm I'm open to the possibilities. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I can see it all happening for you. I love that. And again, at such a young age, oh my God, the world is your oyster. You have like so much ahead. So now you said that it's on pre-order today as this episode is live, but the book officially comes out tomorrow. Where can everyone get it? So you can pre-order it right now. If you can't wait to officially buy it tomorrow, you can pre-order it right now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, Target, basically anywhere they sell books. My real life rom-com. Amazing. And then tomorrow when it's out, same places, Amazon, everything. Yep. Same places. Awesome. All right, Carrie, where can the girls find you on social media and connect with you? So you can find me on social media at Carrie Burke on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, basically anywhere there's social media. And I'll be posting a lot of behind the scenes content and quotes from the book. So that might be fun to follow. 
Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, I'm Charlene Joint, and you may remember me from season 18 of The Bachelor, and this is my husband, Andy. Hello. Together, we host Dear Shandy, a relationship podcast where we answer all your burning relationship questions and satisfy your guilty pleasure, aka bachelor needs. Not only do we provide the best bachelor recaps in all the land. So we're told. But we even bring on your favorite couples from Bachelor Nation for live double dates. Subscribe to Dear Shandy. We guarantee belly laughs, razor sharp advice, and to never take ourselves too seriously. 